0: Welcome to Down in the Valley. Oh, wait. RGV hasn't announced anything yet. <laughs> Carry on. You ain't seen see nobody like this. You ain't seen nobody like this. You hear my sound all over town singing. Whoa, whoa. Good evening and welcome to uh, SA Soccer Roundtable here, uh, not down in the valley, uh, as I joked with, uh, I told Edson I was going to play that joke uh, on here. Um, Camp open for San Antonio FC today. RGV has yet to announce a single player. Um, It is what it is, you know, between at this point i don't know if 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 you went to vegas and said hey i got to put money on the lights announcing a player which is going through lafc or you got to go through edson's team rgv i don't know who i don't know who the house would take uh royce is going to join us later unfortunately uh i guess there's some traffic here in san antonio which he's caught up in Uh, so uh, he'll join us a little bit later when he can um rafa how are Uh-oh. you? I'm not sure what jersey that is.
1: Uh, it's the is the IX Bob uh, Marley jersey. <laughs> so some. I was like, is
0: that Mexico? Is that not, you know, just the colors on the on the, on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the uh, sleeves? But how are you, my friend?
1: Pretty good, like I said. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Laredo Heat's probably going to announce a player before RGV's. So. <laughs> <laughs> they I did
0: know. announce their staff. I, I saw that they announced their coach here recently. Um, you know, uh, with with the Laredo Heat and the NPSL, which uh, uh, the which uh, San Antonio will have a team in uh, for that right here.
1: The Corinthians, yeah.
0: So, a uh, lot to kind of get to. Uh, Kind of heavy SAFC related here. Uh, when we get through a lot of major news, uh, especially for youngsters uh, of San Antonio FC that have uh, departed the uh club,
1: what a crazy goalkeepers!
0: Week. <laughs> uh, we we're throwing a curveball, I don't know what it means. That's where we need Royce and you to kind of straighten me out.
1: The picture works a thousand words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody posted, uh do you have something? You
1: know, yeah, i posted something, something on Instagram. I'm like, hey, who's this? <laughs> who's <laughs> well, I posted guy? on there.
0: I was like, uh, I spy number 37, you know, uh for it here. Um and I went through, I was like, well, here the facial, and then I was like, let me zoom in on that number, uh, because I was trying to see if there was anybody unnamed here because I've heard whispers of a, uh, another attacking player that's coming in um, but uh, has not been announced as of yet. Um, we will get to uh, the. US domination uh, in a 2o loss uh, to Canada and uh, I guess if we lost 20 and it's a domination, I can only uh, say that what Mexico conquered, what was it Costa Rica zero0. Yeah. I think it was uh killer their, uh, you know, for there here at home, uh, in front of I think it was only two hundred people, yeah. uh, or two hundred fans uh, for that here. So we got a lot to get to. Um, we'll do the introductions here. Uh, we're not gonna do the uh, power fifteen. We're gonna go through the standings. Uh, I did put on there where your um the right. previous rankings were. Uh, for that here and there's some that you know is already kind of like Rafa you're not looking very good now. It's very early in district play so depending on who they've played that's why they could be way down in the standings you know so you got to look at the overall record as well because there's some teams that have a very poor overall record but they won their first district match, uh, match so they are higher than probably what most likely she should be just to give a heads up. Uh, for taps um, yeah you know, we pulled it through the rank1 i think it's the uh, pull it up here um, through uh through rank1.com taps for um, UIL, i used a mixture of my san antonio uh, because they do very well on the local scores. But I've noticed if they play outside of San Antonio, those games don't necessarily get updated. So I kind of use that between that and Max uh, Max Sports. So there's going to be some of them that there'll be a combination of, of, of the standings trying to piece it together a, a, as best as we can. So if there is a team's schedule that is off, uh, I do apologize that's on me just trying to piece it together because unfortunately there is not a go-to site at this point you know that that is updated as clearly as like football and basketball is so especially on the the low, you know the lower levels of of a uh, high school soccer uh the A sometimes though and, and the taps can be a little bit challenging uh for that here so uh but let's start out rafa uh where in the world was rafa this past week
1: well let's say tuesday night like i said like i was in bernie and then friday night uh, li- took a little trip out west on Highway 90. Um, went to to the new, one of the newest programs for high school soccer in of Texas. We went, that, yes. Which is the Hondo Owls and the Lady Owls, and uh, so her and I went to see them play their first ever district game versus the Potete Aggies and the Lady mm-hmm. Aggies, and uh, great matchup. Kind of because Potete's also a new pro- one of the newer programs, I think, are about two, two, three years old. Um, so I know there was some excitement. It was a good-sized crowd for Hondo, you know, for their soccer. So that was a good to see some support, you know, supporting their teams, and and we got to see some, you know, some uh, lots of goals for <laughs> <We're> both. <laughs> well, lots
0: of know. goals one way, uh, un- unfortunately.
1: Um, and like I said, Hondo, both Hondo and the lady, like I said, the Owls and the Lady Owls. Uh, got their first ever district win. So congratulations to the, uh, both teams. And I'm sure they're, I think they're playing tonight again uh, on their district uh, for district tonight. I think I'm not sure. Where, mm-hmm. I think against Valde. I think that's where they're facing. um So, but congratulations to both programs on getting their first ever district win. You know, hopefully it leads to something for them to get into the playoffs come, come March. So, but uh, very happy, happy to be there uh props to their uh, athletic director to come out to, yeah, uh, to us came up to us giving them the coverage of the game because we did live stream the game so hopefully we'll get another chance to head out there in the near future
0: yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed you know uh, i went to school at a small school um you know uh i know hondo's bigger than the school that i went to but you know comparatively from san antonio it was it was, you know, kind of had that, that small school feel uh, for it here. Where, you know, and there's quite a bit of the community that showed up. Um, a lot of kids from other sports that came over and, and supported the programs. Um, and I'll say for Poteet, um, they're young, um, looked a little bit thin on numbers as well. Um, you know, so not, not able to kind of cycle players in and out uh, for that here. But, you know, the big takeaway that that I had is and this is something that you and I talked about while we we're there is, you know, in the Metro San Antonio area Austin area, along those lines, and I'm assuming if you get down um, RGV area, you know, the Enberg, Harlogen, you know, type, type areas that are there, there may be academies there, but, you know, I would like to see maybe like satellite, you know, academies, maybe, you know, maybe it's once a week, or maybe it's even kind of a rec league type situation you know where these kids can get a little bit more of the uh coaching and, and tutoring just you know just uh you know for you know for that aspect because you could see the kids have the desire they have the, have the want but the technical side um and this goes for both so, you know you know both sides here um there is one player on hondo that 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 stood out just be you know you could see that she had the the, the technical ability um, and there was a uh, two or three on on the Honda Boys. I think mean, there was one or one or two on uh, uh, Poteet that 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 you could tell had played in a club environment, and the others, you know, you know you know would have would have been like me. you know, hey, you know, play soccer, sure i'll 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 go and and play soccer and have fun. But you know, to me, I think if if and I know it's a money issue, but if we could have clubs that maybe put a satellite out there to where, you know, maybe once a week or, you know, on a weekend or something along those lines, you can kind of help, um, build some of that technical skill. I think not, not only will those programs benefit and the game grow through there, but I think you might be able to find some of those, those, you know, some of those kids that slip through the crack that we talk about because they're not exposed to it. And, you know, you know, could have, it. you know, Clint Dempsey as an example, you know, from, you know, here in South Texas that, that made the you know, United States Soccer Hall of Fame this week. Uh, so congratulations. But to be able to have that capability to be able to find th- those little hidden nuggets, but and I know you're part of the, you know, previously, you know, you've been part of the academy structure. Thoughts on number one, is it even, um, I don't want to say reasonable, but is, is it even doable? Um, just, you know, for the fact that you may have, you know, like here in San Antonio, there's a bigger, a big amount of kids to be able to pull full, pull from where obviously if you get out to Hondo, you know, even if you did it kind of Hondo, um, Castroville type area, you know, along those lines there, you know, the, uh, the selection of, of the kids gets, you know, is much smaller, you know, as far as
1: for them to be able to choose. I think they have those opportunities, like like I mentioned. I mean, they can travel to San Antonio. I've seen some players from around the outskirts travel to to San Antonio to get that extra, the extra technical work and the and the play too during the off season. Um, so I I do encourage a lot of those players, to, you know, just you know, not they're just not sitting around during the the off season, you know, go out there get to play and. Work, you know, just work on your technique because it's going to help you once you get into your high school play. Um, so, like, you know, I know for some players, like I mentioned, I think there was some like a Medina Valley for in Casterville mm-hmm. uh, come up to you know to like surf, surf yeah, like a surf, you know, and like, like for Petite, like I said, I would recommend them, you know, going to Mission City. You know, Mission City is around 1604 and 281 they're always looking for players and they have, you know, you know, I, I'm, I was a coach there and we had, you know, the club team that I was, we had a lot of success and there's great coaches down there. that will work on you. We'll work with you on the technical side and, you know, and opportunities to play, you know, t- even tougher competition and, you know, just you can do that in the off then to get you ready for the, you know, for the hype. So I think even other programs like, for example, like Lavernia, because they're on the outskirts of San Antonio mm-hmm probably, you know, making the word up to shirts to go play with, I think, Lions or or with Arsenal. And, you know, so the, a lot of the little suburban towns, you know, are going to want, you know, you know, if you're out there, want to get better, playing better, you know, you're going to play, you know, have those, you know, try to get an opportunity to play with some of those club teams because it's just going to make you better and it's going to help you out, especially if you're trying to get into the recruitment side of things as far as hopefully playing that next level. So I do encourage that. And like I said, you know, what well, we saw, you know, Friday's game, there's a lot of raw talent. And like I said, it's just, you know, there's some good, good some um, diamonds in the rough, especially that one player that from Hondo, the, uh, what, which was number 13. Uh, she had just played a basketball game, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she
0: had some shots So uh, She she, had, she was uh, impressive. I, I won't yeah, lie to you.
1: She was missing someone there on the, right there in the corner, but she had some skills. So props to her and, you know, so She's out there watching, you know, props to her and to play two <laughs> two games. So I can imagine all the running she did in a basketball game. Then it comes second half play, play some soccer. So, but like I said, I do encourage the kids, you know, if you do some of these upstart programs, you know, for the forays that are around, yeah, go, go out there, play club. If you're willing to dedicate yourself to get better. Uh, also during the summer, go to ID camps. So go to some of these, you know, these camps will help you work on your technical skills too. So I do encourage that and You know that's why we've had some teams, especially like the four A, like the four A boys, Bernie team. You know, most Mm -hmm. of them play a club, and that's helped them win that title.
0: And to be fair, Hondo's. You know, you mentioned this is their first year. They had great numbers uh, Mm -hmm. as far as number of kids out. uh, You know, I would. You know, they they were they were able to go through the coaching. uh, Seemed like knew what they were doing. They were very organized. I know you mentioned. You know, kind of in the warmups that they were doing some of the drills that you had done uh, to warm up, uh, Poteet, uh, <sighs> coaching could use some improvement. Um, and, and, you know, like I said here, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about having two defenders in the end zone on top of the goalie, uh, for all game. I personally haven't seen it before. Um, just trying to understand the logic of what, you know, cause to me, you're, you know, it was playing, what, eight on, eight on, eight on 10, you know, not counting the goalie as far, as far as on field play uh, for out here. And I, I know there's a talent level, you know, I think Kondo had better talent, you know, on, on the pitch here. Um, and I know, you know, when we get to the standings, you know, uh, Poteet's unfortunately had, had a long season, but to me, uh, your thoughts as a coach, you know, putting, putting the players into into that, in, in that position, um, even if you're undermanned, um, you know, for that, your thoughts, you know, as, as a
1: coach? I, th- I think one thing about coaching, especially, uh, you need to prepare yourself as far as what system of play is going to work for your for your players, and it's, and it's going to work, you know, into, and also if, if some things don't work, are you able to adapt? And I remember when I wanted to do my, my national licenses, I remember, you know, doing some of those courses with some high school coaches, and I would ask them, you know, why you know well, well, you know what's the reason I'm doing here is he goes, Well, I wanna get better, I wanna learn more, I wanna put my players in the right positions as far as and then I'll learn some system of plays, but most of the mostly the technical part, you know, I wanna get them to be better technical players. So if you're a coach out there, maybe it's your first year or don't have too much background as far as, you know, you know, with soccer, you know, it's your, you know, that's not your main sport, you know, I do encourage going to like um uh, USSF uh, uh, clinics, you know, or even um, the, the United Soccer coaches, is, you know, the coaches of soccer, they're, they're great programs. And I've done both and I've learned a lot, you know, as far as, you know, working with my players, learning different systems, they're learning different. I don't call them drills. They're called, a, 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 I call them activities. That's what they are. <laughs> and you learn, <laughs> You're gonna learn, you know, how, what activities you use with your players, and it's only gonna make them better. And, and then also, your players are gonna appreciate it too. So, so if you, you know, if you're a new coach, and if you're, you know, after this year, you know, you look, you reflect. Oh, okay, what can I do better? Say for the summer, there's plenty of camps to go to and these clinics, and you and just you got to be a sponge. And that's how I am. You, you know, even I haven't coached you know in a while, but still, I'm always eager to learn new systems, you know, even watching some of the, the tapes, you know, some of the, you know, streams that we've done, you know, I like watching, I'm going to see what you're doing, right. What you're doing wrong. And, and I learn from that too. So, you know, it's it's just, it's always, it's always, you're going to be evolving as a coach and learning. So I do encourage the coaches out there to take opportunities to educate yourself, learning the, you know, going to these camps and so forth. It's just going to help your players get better and make your program a lot better.
0: So moving on to the schedule or to the standings here, uh, for that here, starting out in uh, Taps, uh, District, uh, District One, Three, uh, boys here, uh, SA Christian Lions, 11, one, and one, uh, Antonio Apaches, you know, rated number 12 last week in, in your, um, power rankings uh 9 3 and 1 um however you know due to one match played uh, central catholic uh, which had had a struggle so far at the you know looks like they beat antonian um for here your thoughts and you know especially with the you know san antonio christian lions uh you know at least overall record it tends to be the, the the top
1: dog you know in, in this district well like i said for me antonian this was their opportunity to really kind of to take charge of this district, you know. Being since Central Catholic been vulnerable after some some losses and I don't and losses to quality really quality good teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So and so my my thing, you know, going into is like hey, this is their chance to really set the tone and put their stamp on this game. But got to give it to Central Catholic, you know, they came out, got the win against them. And they're not gonna, like I said, they're not ready to let like go to the district title to to Antonian. And then, like I said, uh, looking at San Antonio Christian, haven't too looked much of their record, but I don't know if they've already played San Dominic. We got to see. Hopefully, that's been updated. But we'll find out when they play go we'll head to head against Central Catholic, to see where they're at. You know, you know, and for for this season. So, like I said, Central Catholic didn't. They made it. They sent out a statement and said you're gonna have to beat us in order to take, you know, to win this, you know, we're, we're maybe vulnerable, but we're going to go out finding. So then they got a big win this past week.
0: Next is the district two, uh, section three boys. Uh, this is uh, St. Mary's TMI, uh, St. Anthony and Geneva. Uh, the schools in Austin, St. Michael's and Regents, uh, seem to be, uh, uh, doing extremely well. TMI is holding their own at five and one in uh, district. I know St. Mary's has a, a big one tonight against. I want to say it's Brentwood, if Brilliant. I saw it correctly. Uh, you know, if they're trying to sneak into the the, the top four because I believe top four make the playoff. or At least it's what it was last year. Uh, along these lines here, so. Thoughts on this one here? I know TMI, uh, they were, re- I believe, in your initial uh, power rankings. Um, overall, not a bad season, but, you know, like, you know, it looks like two powerhouses up in Austin. that uh, is, is going to take uh, take some work to uh, to uh, get into the top two.
1: Yeah, no, no. Having just one loss, like I said, they're still in it. They can still win that district title. Um, so they're going to have to get some quality, you know, get wins at Regents so and nothing at I think St. Michael's um, to overtake them. Um, St. Mary's Hall—they've uh, just talking to you know some of the staff over there. They lost some heartbreakers, some really close games, so they're still within a shot of getting that last playoff spot. And beating Brentwood tonight would be a, a start. So mm-hmm. get back within one game from them. And uh, like I said, I think St. Mary's—if they St. Mary's Hall can pull off some wins, you know they can sneak in and get that four spot. I, I think TMI will still challenge for the district title. Um, I heard things about St. Michael's that has a real excellent team, but I think TMI, hopefully, like I said, they'll, they'll get in there and, and challenge them again. Hopefully, maybe get a piece of the district title at the end of the season.
0: And District 3 uh, dash 5 for the boys. Uh, John Paul Guardians uh, had a rough out of conference or out of district um the record here but district uh, they picked it back up five and one uh the atonement academy you know three and one uh along those lines holy cross uh only played one game they did win um you know for that here and new brownfield christian academy you know you know through here so i know john paul ii is the favorite and has the experience in, in this one here but uh any surprises that, that you've seen
1: uh, the Atonement Academy. I, I know they switched over from from Fall Soccer to Winter Soccer, so, so that transitions. You know, you know, they weren't too sure if they're how well they would do playing in District Three, but it they've they're within range. Of, you know, challenging uh, uh GP two as far as the district title. Um, Holy Cross, I like, guess I know we only seen maybe one because I, I don't know how many games that they've played or reported. You know, hopefully they'll get in within the top four to get into the you know to the playoffs but like i said, uh jp's jp2's um you know rough rough start but like i said they play quality opponents
0: mm-hmm.
1: them you know it's going to help them you know in this playoff and this and this district play and it's going to help them in the play, playoffs because they've done some lo- playoff runs the last long deep, deep playoff, playoff runs yeah uh, runs. so all that's going to pay off for them in the end
0: moving to the ladies uh for taps district one girls uh uh, Antonian, uh, 16, 3 and 2, 1 and 0, oh, although it doesn't say who they beat, but you know, per the taps, uh, rank one uh, sports, uh, showed that they had a district win, but it didn't say against two. Uh, Incarnate kind of Word, uh, Shamrocks, uh, pretty solid season, seven, eight and one. Um, for that, here in the the San Antonio Christian Lions, uh, also hanging strong at, at 10 and five. Uh, for that here. So I think this is going to be a district where all of them qualify because there's only four teams. Uh, but obviously the better that you do, the the uh, easier the opponent is uh, at the start of the playoffs as opposed to finishing three and four where you're playing, you know, tops of another district along those lines here. But uh, um, I know you're a fan of – or I guess I shouldn't say you're a fan, but as far as the power rankings, they, they do like Antonian uh, quite a bit to be ranked number five out of, out of the – out of the power 15,
1: yeah, the Antonio Girls have done a great job this season, uh, played some tough competition, and the, the record just proves it right there. So, they should really have no problem winning District One. You know, District One, um, we'll see how San Antonio Christmas responds as far as challenging them. Um, I think they can make an also deep run in the, in the playoffs. Um, and Carter Word, like I said, they're a 500 team, but you know, you never know, you can't, you can't sleep mm-hmm. on because. You know, you may play a lower seed in the in the in the playoffs, but still get beat. So, like I said, I think those three teams have opportunities to do some do some damage in the playoffs.
0: District two, uh, St. Michael's, once again's the the class regent So the two schools in Austin, uh, Geneva School, uh, Bernie uh, on the, on the ladies' side doing much better. Uh, Coach kano has got uh, St. Mary's Hall in fourth place at three and three. Um, Hyde Park is very close, right, right, right on the, their heels. There, uh, TMI, and unfortunately, on the girls' side, are struggling compared to the boys. And then uh, St. Anthony Classic uh, and, and Brentwood uh, out of Austin. It's been a long year already. So, <laughs> but uh, anything I know about uh, high schools is uh, you could be O for the season, but if you get that, if you get that one victory, uh, it makes that whole season a whole lot better.
1: Yeah, and like I said, this district is a, is a doozy district. From what uh, we're speaking with Coach Kano about this, he said St. Michael's is like the class act of of District Two. Um, same thing with Regents. Um, so, and he knew he told me that it was going to be a battle with them. Um I know they had a little struggle with Geneva. They said that it should have had that game. Like I said, so they're looking forward for that rematch. I know tonight they're playing against Brentwood, so they should take care Correct. of it Um. And like I said, they do have Hyde Park right behind them. But I think there's also a couple of games. I, I know that game versus St. Anthony's and St. Mary's uh, Hall was canceled. I think they're going to reschedule it. I think I'm not sure when that. So, like I said, hopefully that game will help them get them up in the standings if they do get a win over St. Anthony's. So, it's like I said, this is a real log kind of a, the top part's a little log jam because you got six teams that can literally make the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. So like I said, we'll we'll find out because this is like the second half of the district. We'll find out who we'll starts separating themselves from the rest of the pack.
0: Moving on to District Three four, uh for the girls uh JPG uh, or jp two uh, the Guardians out of shirts uh, been the classic the Atonement Academy has only played three games here, um, Holy Cross and, and this one here our Lady of the Hills Hawks uh, unfortunately nothing showing so. This one to me, it's a little bit harder to get a gauge on outside of, of John Paul, uh, two, which you have rated as number 10 um, for that right here. So, to me, who knows how the, the, the final of, of this one's going to work out just for the fact that, um, outside of Holy Cross and, and John Paul II, not a lot of
1: games have been played.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, a lot of maybe games are played mainly because you know, cancellations because of COVID, so a lot of them could be making up those games, but. As far as the district itself, uh, I don't I don't see anybody challenging uh, John Paul. I think the, they're going to recru- cruise through the district and then make another deep run in the playoffs and hopefully bring back another sta- state title.
0: So moving to the UIL, we're going to start with 4A, which uh, for us is District 26 and 27. Uh, we'll start out with the boys. Number 14, you have uh, Coleman Devonport at 7-1-1. Uh, Wimberley, uh, Bernie, uh, is at four, although they, you know, they haven't played a district game. So this is real early, um, on here. So, um, hard to, hard to put a lot of weight into, in, into these standings as far as for district wise, just, you know, because it's so, so early, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps, you know, looking at the overall record, you know, it looks like it, you know, Bernie Wimberley and, uh, Cuomo Davenport, uh, seem you know, seem to be the three to look out for.
1: Yeah, so those are probably going to be your top three teams, but I, I still favor Bernie, the Bernie Greyhounds boys. They should, I think, they should win the district title, um, and it'll be a fight between Wimberley and Kamal, who gets uh, Wimberley and Davenport who gets that second spot, and that's really important, especially when you come seeding when they get into the playoffs. Uh, Lat the fourth spot, uh, you got three. And there
0: teams. are Fredericksburg, yeah, seems to
1: Fredericksburg and, and Canyon Lake, so I'm sure those two are going to be fighting for that last spot to get into, to the, to the playoff.
0: And then the great heart schools is unfortunately not a lot of games to, to be able to see how you, how it's weighted here. Looking at the 27 boys, uh, Lavernia, who we talked about earlier at 15. Hondo Owls, uh, which we talked about earlier as well. Uh, won their first one. Fox tech, uh, Pleasanton, um, who I think, you know, you know, they're fourth um, probably, you know, top two, Top three, and then Somerset, Potied, and, and Uvalde, You know, unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, out out of conference, you know, it has been a struggle here. So it'll be interesting to kind of see which of those uh, three can, you know, c- you know, can kind of make maybe a run for that fourth slot uh, for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, Lavernia, like I said, they're the favorite for the district, but don't count out Fox Tech. So I've seen Fox Tech play; they have a lot. Of, they have some talent on that team. It's a young team. Uh, that's you know, like I said, they're they're an up and comer that they said they could challenge LaVernia for that title. Um, not sure when they're going to be playing. Um, uh, hopefully, I can find that game so maybe we can head out to that game. Uh, like I mentioned, we saw Hondo; they won their first district game. Uh, it's a good start for them. Good, you know. To get they had some
0: talent too. I, I know they were going against Poteet, but they had a they had a a few kids that you to me you could tell could could cause some damage.
1: You know yeah at, and, at this level and I think I think they have a chance to to if they can take her some business on some you know with some games and sneak on and win some games on the road uh I, I can see them getting uh, on the first year making the playoffs so you know don't sleep on them just because they're they're a, a, a new team and use a new program I think they they have a shot uh Pleasanton I know they tied Fox Tech uh you know sort of part of some of the <laughs> what I heard of that Foster kind of dominated that game, but it was just they just couldn't get it in, and a lot of a lot of bad calls too for the officiating. That's what I heard too. But you know, we'll see about that. Somerset, I'm a little surprised Somerset because I th- I think there was some talent down there, and you know I would think they would have challenged you know Lavernier for it, but you know for the district title. But hopefully they'll bounce back, and they're just going a little you know some little. Hopefully they're not to have the injury bug or something. But hopefully they'll bounce back for it. Uh, Petite, like I said, you know. Struggling a little bit, you know, struggling there. But I, I think, they'll, they'll, like I said, hopefully they'll, they'll be able to compete some more of the games and then the Wild same, same thing. Uh,
0: looking at the uh, 26 girls, uh, Wimberley, Fredericksburg, and uh, obviously Bernie, uh, you know, uh, probably the top three. Uh, I was kind of surprised by looking at the records by the Northern Oaks Griffins, S.A. Heart 3-1. and one they did lose their first district, uh, a match here, but, uh, um, at least, you know, off you know, against, um, they played a few matches, um, compared to the, you know, Monta Vista lions, uh, for that here. So your thoughts on district 26 foray? this is
1: going to be, I think, uh, like possibly a three team race mm-hmm. between Bernie Fredericksburg and Wimberley. Um, I mean, you, you, what can you say about the Bernie Greyhound, Lady Greyhounds? I mean, they made a deep run last year. Oh, surprising they lost to Corpus Christi Callan, but I'm sure, you know, I think they're really focused since year to winning the district and hopefully facing them again. So I know that, like I said, they're, I think they're probably playing, I think they're playing tonight. So for the first district uh, game. So I think I'll see them, we'll see them up there on the top, and like I said, in the top spots. Uh, like I said, Fredericksburg's chugging along. They got a great program. I think they'll do, you know They could surprise some teams, you know. So you know, don't overlook them. Same thing with Wimberley. So I think those are the three teams that are going to be probably more likely fighting for that district title. Uh, by I favor Bernie to, to win it. And then for that last playoff spot, I think it's going to come down to maybe Davenport and possibly maybe that o- the Oaks, uh, the Northern Oaks, Griffin, the Northern Oaks, or possibly uh, Canyon Lake. So I see those three teams is fine for that last playoff spot. Uh,
0: twenty-seven. Um, you know, this one here looked to be when it was going through. Looked to be kind of a tough division to kind of gauge. You know, Lavernia's two and zero in conference. You know, basically five hundred on the year. Uvalde, Pleasanton. You know, got off to the wins. Hondo Owls got their first win, but had struggled earlier. Uh, for that here, you know, Poti. Um, didn't have a lot on, uh, on, uh, on, you know, that we could find here, uh, Fox tech, you know, also didn't have a lot of matches, uh, SA women's leadership, uh, you know, you know, one in six. So to me, this one was, it was, was probably a tough one to read outside of Laverne, you know, Laverne and Uvalde.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you think condo can kind of turn it around? You know, you know, I know they I know they played some tough competition, uh, you know, or you know you know, or or is this gonna be kind of a you know a dog fight to you know see you know see who can who can outlast each other.
1: I, I think just from the history of this kind of this district, you know, I you know it's always been like Pleasanton and Ovalde the top two teams, but Lavernia to be up there it's a, it is a surprise and but it shows how much that program's really kind of turned their leaf and and now it's becoming a contender. So it's gonna come down, I think, for the district title. It's gonna come down to those three teams. You know, Vale has does have the tradition of you know, now they're moving down. They move did move down from five A to four A, so I'm sure they have the numbers. You know, you know, to maybe take use of their advantage. You know, to you know, and the experience playing. You know, you know, higher classification teams to for, you know, to get them ready for district play. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give like I said the, the notch a little bit to Ovalde, but i don't be surprised the Lavernia could knock them off and get, end up winning the district title or even sharing it. Uh, Pleasanton, I think, like I said, they I know they've been in the past for last few years. I know they they played some tough competition. I think they'll get that third spot, and then that fourth spot is gonna be is gonna be a dogfight. I think any um, Hondo Somerset, Young Libras leadership, and possibly even Fox Tech could end up getting that last spot. But I think Hondo the way. You know the, some of the talent they have. I think they can get that sneak in and get that fourth playoff spot for their first year making the playoffs.
0: So moving to five eight, and this is districts 26, 27, and twenty eight. Uh, so we'll start with the ladies here. Um, and to be fair, the reason why Dripping Springs isn't ranked is they're not they're considered outside of our area. I think as we discussed at the end of the show, if they were uh, in the in the uh, San Antonio soccer. Uh, round Tabor Power 15, they'd probably be number one, you know, or, or, or top top couple. I won't put words in your mouth saying number one. Uh, top couple uh, for that here. So that's why, you know, they don't have a ranking, but uh, they're undefeated on the season. Uh, Alamo Heights, uh, number two at three and one in conference. Kerville Tyvy, three and one. Uh, Buda Johnson Jaguars, two and two. Como Canyon, two and two. Uh, To me, I think the surprise where you have them number seven and they're ranked seventh at at this point, it's very early, uh, but, you know, ranked seventh in their district at this time is Bernie champion. But even if you look at the bottom here, Seguin, seven, four, and one, and and unfortunately, he's 0 and three in the district. Veterans Memorial, you know, seven and four, one and three uh, through here. So as you can see, just looking at the overall records, this was a very competitive district out of comfort or out of district. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Dripping Springs, Alamo Heights, and and Kerrville, um, to me, are showing, you know, that, you know, you know, know, that they're they're contenders probably not only for the district, but also possibly deep runs into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, District 26-5A is probably one of the tough, for gross soccer, is probably one of the toughest districts in the state. I know for region 4, them and and also pro- and also twenty five five A, those are probably two top elite uh, districts. That's that's going to be a log jam and yeah, it's surprising to see Bernie champion. You know they're at one or two, but and like I said, they had a tough loss with District Griffin Springs and then another tough loss on Friday, a two to one loss to Alamo Heights. where it's, you know there's no shame losing to two mm-hmm. quality. Is one of the is the defending state champ, so I think they'll bounce back from those. Um, I think they'll be in the mix as far as getting the playoff run, and hopefully, you know, you know, maybe get some little revenge with Alamo Heights when they play them at Bernie. <laughs> and then, usually, and usually, that happens. A lot of the teams do split the home and home series within districts, so um, kudos, like I said, uh, Dripping Springs. Like, oh, what can you say about them? They're on the league on their own, and I, I just don't – they got a tough one tonight with Alamo Heights. I know Alamo Heights is heading up there, but I just don't see any any team beating – Really drip. hanging with them. Hanging with them. So, but, you know, good luck to the Lady Mules. You know, you, you never know if, they can, if you can catch them on a bad night and maybe do some things they're accustomed to because they are – like I said, one thing about Drip is they are beatable because I did see them lose to a in – a, in a in a scrimmage against a, a, a Smithson Valley and like i said if they can play take the game there you know you'll have an opportunity but you got to take care you know something that bernie champion kind of missed out was those opportunities to score i think mm-hmm. had they scored, i think the game would have had a different reflection of it so curve type time is a a, a surprise because no really expected them you know to be in you know, the top four so they have a shot again you know that you know, into the playoffs. Another team that's dangerous is that Beto Johnson Jaguars. I did get to see them play. I know they lost to uh, Alamo Heights 4-2, but they have some talent on that team. and uh, They got some shooters. They, 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 there's a couple golosos that they scored from uh, 20, 30 yards out, and don't sleep on that team. And same thing with the come out, uh, Canyon Cougar, I mean, don't sleep on the team, that team as well. So I think in the end, like I said, I think Bernie Champion will get it, get it together. They'll get. They'll be in the in the top four as far as the playoffs, but it's gonna be it's gonna be very mm-hmm. interesting who who comes out of this as far as the, you know the second, third, and fourth seed on this, and it's gonna be a shame that a couple of teams they're very good are not gonna be able to m- advance into the playoffs.
0: Looking at twenty seven five uh, A district, uh, you got Jefferson four and in district Edison two and O. You know, John Kennedy, three and one, Burbank, Brackenbridge, Memorial, all, you know, one and one, two and two. Um, and really, I think outside of uh, Highland and, and Sam Houston uh, and I guess Lanier, but, you know, uh, you know, with Lanier's only one and two. So, um, t- you know, to me, like I said here, I think you got a qual- six quality teams, it looks like here that, that are battling, you know for you know, for the playoff spots.
1: Yeah, but I still gonna I still think Jefferson, uh, the, the Lady must yeah, yeah the the class of the district. They should win the district title. Um, surprised with the Edison Golden Lady Golden Bears. Uh, they're having a, a good season, you know, at two and and0 And I think that they'll have a lot. You know, they could challenge Jefferson. You know, they can get them. You know, get them a, on an off night. Could sneak up and take over that first place spot. But I think I think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, Other surprises like Kennedy. Kennedy's another surprise. Uh, Burbank. I think Burbank is going to be in the mix for the playoffs, the same thing with Breckenridge. And we'll see about Memorial later on once they play more district games.
0: Moving to 28 and the girls, uh, Southwest, uh, your 15th-ranked team. Uh, Harlandale, uh, top two. Medina Valley, uh, Southwest Legacy. Uh, each at one and one, and then mccollum uh, McCollum, Southside, and uh, El Paso uh, uh, win. Uh, you know, kind of bringing up the bottom of the uh, the, bra- of the of the standings here. Um, I think you know, just just looking at records here. I think you know, Southwest, you know, the Dragons and Indians probably you know, I won't say are locked for playoffs, but you know, pretty you know, pretty you know, pretty contended. Uh, to me, it'll be Medina Valley, you know, Legacy, um, and then who do you see possibly contending outside of those two?
1: Well, they'll sleep on Florzo, because remember, Florzo knocked off Jefferson last year, which no mm-hmm. one expected. So can't sleep on them. I think the McCollum Lady Cowboy, uh, Cow, well, Cow, uh, the, the McCollum Cowgirls, you know, they can, they can contend and get into that four spot. Uh, so, same thing with the Legacy Titans. I think tonight is playing Southwest, which is a rivalry game. So we'll see if Legacy can get back off Southwest and get it back into. If they can get a win, they'll be like I said in, within the you know in the top spot. Top,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So and then like I said, Southside and Equal Pass CC win. Uh, I don't I don't see them contending as far as making the you know the playoffs. But Southwest and Harlandale should be a really good game. That that whoever wins that game is gonna, pretty much going to dictate who's going to win the district title. Last few years has been Southwest, but, you know, don't count out Harlandale. Like I said, I think they're going to, it's going to be a great match. And hopefully, like I said, you know, I'll, I haven't checked the schedule when they're going to play at, when they're going to play, but I'll, hopefully I'll see it. And that way I can post that on there. Maybe go check it out and see, and see if we can live stream that game over there. If we have a chance, the schedule is why I say we can go.
0: Moving to the boys, Dripping Springs, uh, you know, 8 and 2, 3 0 in district, high, Alamo Heights. Uh, fifth-rated team kerbill tyvey uh, uh, also very much in in the race uh kyle lehman um uh, you know off to a good start bernie champion uh, you know been a struggling year for bernie both on the boys and the girls side so far uh kamal canyon you know outside of uh, district had a strong start um but uh district wise uh you know you know so far off to a slow start so uh, your thoughts on on, on the twenty six boys? Well, tonight
1: Dripping Springs is at Alamo Heights, so hopefully we'll have some updates on that and see who who's winning that game. Um But when I look at Dripping Springs boys, they're a sleep, I think they're one of my sleeper teams for Region Four. I think they're they're just as you know like but the girls, they're a team. They made, they went deep last year and I know they got eliminated. I think by browser Porter. I think they're a team that may surprise some team, you know, in the, the region this year, and I could see them representing Region Four in the, you know, for you know for the state tournament. So like I said, they're going to be they're the favorite to win the district. Uh, we'll see if, with Alamo Heights having them at home. Hopefully, Alamo Heights can pull off a win and you know and get a, get a little some momentum going into the rest of the season. Kerrville Ty- Kyvy, like I said, uh, the little bounce back from last mm-hmm. year. I think they're doing mm-hmm. they're doing well. They haven't gotten to the much of the meat of the district play. Uh, surprising, Bernie, Bernie champions are at, at, at the fifth spot with two losses. But like I said, they've already faced Alamo Heights and, and Dripping Springs. They didn't do so well with Dripping Springs. I don't think it was a five to one loss. Uh, but I think those I think they still have opportunities to mm-hmm. to try to see if they can get that fourth spot. And another team not to sleep on is the Kamal uh, the Canyon Cougars. That's another. They're a dangerous team. Um, they they can you know you know any given night they can they can pull off the surprise. So there's about three or four teams that are going to fight for that fourth four, the third or fourth spot you know, going to in. But I think my two favorites as far as, far as locks of first playoffs is going to probably be Jupiter Springs and Alamo Heights.
0: Moving to twenty seven, uh, Brackenridge, your thirteenth uh, 4-0 in conference. Only one loss on the year. Lanier Vokes, uh, 11th, uh, 10 wins, two losses, uh, 4-0. Uh, Sam Houston's been real competitive, 3-1 and in district. Burbank, 2-2. and uh, And then, you know, kind of drops from there. But uh, looks like uh, the Brackenridge-Lanier uh, match uh, would be one to see. And like said here, let's not leave out Sam Houston.
1: Yeah, Sam Houston's really has surprised some people, and I've gotten communication with their coach, mm-hmm. so this isn't the same Sam Houston team of the Pats, and <laughs> hopefully I'll get to see them play on Wednesday night, whether pen, pen, depending on the weather, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully I think the- Wednesday night you're going to be all right. Thursday games, I, I kind of question. Yeah, they play Wednesday night uh, against Lanier at Alamo Stadium at 7 o'clock, so if you have a chance... You know, go to Alamo Stadium. It's a good – it's pretty cool to see a soccer game there. It's, You know, normally it's for football, and it's, 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 it's a nice environment there. Um, so you have a chance. You're going to see some two two really good teams um, for District 27 face off each other, and at, hopefully Sam Houston can bounce back, you know, from the loss against Brack, you know, to stay within striking distance for that district title. But like I said, Brack is the defending. Uh, I think they are the defending, I believe – the district champs, so they're you know uh, coasting through so some of the other teams on the bottom in the bottom of the district. But yeah, you mentioned that Eagles vokes game is going to probably be a really bar burner of a game. We we'll got to figure out what when they're playing to see if we can head out there for that for that game. But as far as the last playoff spot, it's going to be a log jam. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be between Jefferson and, and and Burbank to get that last spot.
0: 28, uh, Southwest Dragons, uh, the number two rated team uh, through there, Harlandale, um, right on their heels, Medina Valley, Southside, Southwest, Legacy, uh, El Paso win, all one and one, and, and McCallum and Floresville, you know, 0-2, but real young district right now as far as uh, games played, you know, looking at their records out of out of conference, you know, I think Southwest and Harlandale, once again, are probably the two favorites. Uh, and then, you know, the, the final two slots, uh, you know, let, let's see how this one shakes out.
1: Yeah, Southwest so tonight, they're playing against Legacy, which is a rivalry game. And what I heard is also Coach Alameo's last game too. So moving forward, you know, how is that going to affect the Southwest Dragons and the rest of the district play? I don't think too much of it. You know, I think they're pretty much a lot to win this the district title. Now, come playoff time, that could be different, you know, you know, you know, you know, it is a big hit losing his leadership. You know, you know, with, you know he's done well with that program. And, you know, good luck to him, you know, going up forward now. He's now the new head coach at Texas a San Antonio. So congrats to him on that. Um, so we'll see about that. Harlandale, like I said, Harlandale could give Southwest the game some problems. But I, I still think, like I said, Southwest will take care of it. And then the logjam, I think Medina Valley, Southside, Southwest, and possibly even – Eagle pass CC win could fight for those last two spots for the playoffs.
0: Moving to 6A, 27, 28, and 29. Uh, 27, uh, we got Smithson Valley, number three, you know, the third rated team, uh, 10 and 1, 2 and 0 in district. Uh, Shirts Clemens, uh, out of conference or out of district, a little bit of a struggle, but so far 2 and 0 uh east central cibola steel uh 101 you know in district um this one seemed like a little bit hard to read especially you know for the 6a um not a lot of success and i know when we get to 28 and 29 you know you're going to see a little bit more better district you know you know records here from my memory serves me putting this together but your thoughts on kind of this district overall and and how you see it kind of shaking out that you know since it's just recently started district here
1: well, my favorite for, for the district is going to be Spencer Valley. They've been some – minus that one setback against Reagan, which was on the, the – earlier in the season, um, they've won 10 in a row. And they've gone – you know, I think they've kind of fixed what they needed to fix as far as that game. So – they're my favorites for, for the district title. But don't sleep on Clemens. I know Clemens, they might be at 500, but they did knock off Rockwell Heath. Which was the defending 6A runner-up, so and they lost it,
0: a lot of talent that they're they're re- reshuffling this year.
1: So don't don't sleep on them. Um, surprise team is East Central. Like I said, East Central was a team that was on the bottom of the district last year. Um, they're they're making some noise and they're looking to see if they can get into sneak into one of those two last the third or the fourth playoff spot. Uh, Steel's kind of the same thing. I know they've played a rough non-district schedule, but I think that'll help them out getting ready for the for this district play. I could see them, you know, locking in a, a playoff spot. And the another contention will be New Brothels, which last year they knocked off I think I believe Reagan in the playoffs, which was a shocker there. So don't sleep on them too. So I think the last three the last two playoffs are going to be between East Central, Steel and New Brothels. Uh I don't see much as far as with Judson uh, uh, and Wagner and, and South and South and, and continuing to get into the playoffs.
0: Sorry, Matt. <laughs>
1: Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Uh District
0: 4 28 in and, and this is a powerhouse. Uh you know, Johnson um 4 0, Reagan 3 0 and 1, Lee 2 0 and 1, and I know Lee won tonight. Uh, Brandeis two and one. Churchill, you know, your ninth uh team. Uh two two and one in conference. <sighs> Lots of quality. <laughs> uh you think the ones that you have ranked you know will you know rise to the top, or you think Brandeis does have a chance on, on sneaking into one of the playoff spots?
1: Brandeis did beat Churchill and they beat him four zero, so They'd probably be in the party. <laughs> depending what they do, uh, if they keep on winning, depending what they do this, this coming week, tonight, and I and think both two games. Um, what can you say about the Jaguars? Like I said, they've had a great season. Uh, they're 4 and 0, but they still have yet to play Reagan. They have yet to play Lee. And those are that's going to be the me- measuring stick as far as the season goes. And if they can beat both of them, the Jaguars are for real, and and they got a lot. of I've seen them play. They got a lot of talent. And I think they can they can challenge Reagan and Lee for this district title this year. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's I think it's a three team race for the district title. Um, Reagan, what can you say about them? They're great, great, great team. Great, you know, lots of goal scoring, very fast. Um, I know they did tie with with Lee in that for, in that first that first showdown. I'm sure the second the second showdown is going to be just as just as good as just as good. And Brandeis is surprising some people. I think they could get in, get that lock in that fourth spot. But you know, maybe Churchill will bounce back and get that revenge, the win. On the, on Roosevelt's
0: the- hanging tough too, and, and Madison. To be fair, I know Madison was on you know the the losing score against Lee tonight, but but uh, out of conference wise, they're very compared uh, compared to Brandeis here. Uh, so it just depends on. On who you played initially here um, for that?
1: There's, there's seven teams that can you know are contending for four playoff spots, as you can say. But as far as the district title, I just see three teams like, there they are going to probably push to win to to win it this year.
0: Twenty-nine. Uh, I think class of San Antonio so far has been Harlan uh, through there. You got O'Connor four and two, Warren at two one and two, Stevens three and two in district. Uh, Marshall two two and one Taft one three and one Holmes you know one four and one John Jay and and to me I was kind of surprised to see the Brennan Bears at, at you know oh three and three uh, Northside Soccer is very competitive uh, you know I follow this is probably the district I follow the most um, I won't won't lie I was kind of surprised that John Jay and Brennan uh, you know you know because John Jay last year I w- want to say was uh, uh, one of the top teams, and if memory serves, made the playoffs. Uh, they yeah. got on a, on a good run, um, but Harlan, you know, like I said, I think you know if you look at you know the 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 soccer pundits, you know that, that we follow, you know around the state here, um, and obviously number one in your poll here, you know, you know they seem to be highly respected, you know, around the state so far.
1: Yeah, what can you say about Harlan? I mean, they've done excellent this season. You know, the two losses were two against two qualities. State ranked teams, but you know they took care of business against O'Connor. So they made they sent out a, they made a statement with that game. Say you know we're going to win this district title, and so so you, you everyone else can fight for third, second, third, or fourth. So, um but no for O'Connor. O'Connor's got a great program. We got I got to see him play. Um, we recently saw him play against Marshall. They have some talent too. I think they can also have a good shot to make a deep run in the playoffs because they are. You know, got to think. One thing about this district, they are on the on the side of going through the valley, and that, last few years the valley teams have not been strong. And this year, you know, when I've seen, haven't you know, haven't seen much strength as far as some of the teams, especially like Rivera and Bronzo, Hannah. I think the top team right now is currently is like those Fresno's, which, like I said, I think Harlan Harlan could take care. You know, if they play them. I think they can take care of them. So Harlan and O'Connor could make some deep runs. In, in that playoffs to meet, meet up with a in the regional semifinal with either like with a Lee or a Reagan or like Travis or or, or Round Rock or, or Vandergrift, you know. So that that'll be you know, and then hopefully they'll get a chance to maybe squeeze in and get into state. As far as the other teams, it's it's a logjam and it's I think it's going to be a logjam for third and fourth. So I can see, you know, like I said, uh, Stevens they made the playoffs last year, but I think they're a little bit better this year from what I've seen. Play, they're playing a lot better. Um, I think Warren's surprising some teams this year. Marshall, I know last year they had some, they do have some talent there. So it's going to be, I think those three teams and even Taft, I think those are the probably the four teams that are going to fight for the third or fourth spot going to the playoffs by March.
0: And then moving to uh, the ladies' side here, uh, 27. Smithson Valley, your number one rated team uh, steel and 0 shirts, Clemens, the lady Buffaloes, two, and uh, new Braunfels, one and one, one and one, um, and then East central. And I guess converse is the one that kind of surprising me looking at their overall record and Oh, and two in conference. And of course it depends on who you played with, with, just the two matches here. But, uh, um, to me, like I said, I know Smithson Valley is the class, uh, you know, of, of this district here. Um, uh, Steel uh, or Clemens, you think that they can give Smithson Valley a run, or
1: I, I think Steel could, but Smithson Valley is uh, at right a ranouts on a different level. Like I said, I've seen them play; they have a big, they do have a big win versus um, Westlake, but they do also have a, a little, a big, uh, kind of a, a surprising loss against O'Connor. So, you know, you know, like I said, any like I said, any team's beatable. So. I think I Steele will give the Lady Rangers a game, but I, I my favorite going for the district title is gonna be the Rangers. Um as far as the play the rest of the playoffs, I think I think it's gonna be Steele, Clemens and New brothels I think those those three teams are gonna be fighting as far as seeding who gets second, third, and fourth. I just as far as the other teams, I, I really don't see them as far as contention going into you know uh, going into the top four. Twenty
0: eight. This is the uh powerhouse conference uh you know, for, you know, for uh, the ladies at 6A, you got Clark, uh, you see you know, eighth in your rankings, Reagan, fourth, Lee, Johnson, Madison, 11, 12, 13, um, even Brandeis at one and one uh, is all hanging in there. And even MacArthur, uh, like I said, here's, you know, still uh, outside shot of making the playoffs. Uh, so your thoughts on this loaded district? As we can tell, you've got four playoff spots, five ranked, and that's not even counting, you know, Brandeis. Uh, that's been pretty competitive so far.
1: Yeah, this is this is another logjam for the playoff spot. And uh, Clark had a, a recent uh, uh, game versus Reagan, which was a lot of people were looking forward to that game. And Clark ended up tying. It. Uh, they were winning that game, but Reagan was able to tie it in kind of last, last moments. But we have Clark at number one. You know, number one there, uh, I, you know my favorite for the district coming in was going to be Reagan. But Clark Clark made a statement. and said, hey, we're here. Like I said, we're, we're gonna we'll probably get you in this in the in the second round of the district play. Um, but I think th- those two teams are going to be finding out for the district when they play again. I think that's going to be for the district title. Uh, Lee, I think Lee and Madison and Johnson and Brandeis. I think those four are going to be battling out for the third and fourth spots, um, you know, to get to get the get those two, two uh, playoff spots for the, going into the postseason. Like I said, there's just so much talent in this district. You know? And hopefully, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, out of, you know, seeing, the, you know, this district, you know, kind of redeem themselves, you know, and beat some of these, you know, district 20s. You know, and especially in the second round when they play those awesome teams, you know, you know, I know I know Reagan didn't have a really good showing with Vandergriff, and you know, you know how like Travis and so forth. So hopefully, like some of these teams will will contend and hopefully knock off some of those Austin awesome teams that go. That way, we can send a San Antonio team to the state tournament.
0: Moving to twenty nine, you got O'Connor and Brennan two and three in your rankings. Taft, uh, you know the the Lady Red Raiders four and one. Stevens, uh, my Steven Falcons at two and two. And then a log jam, you know. Jay Holmes, Harlan, uh, both you know, with a win, a couple of losses, and a draw. Uh, Marshall and uh, you know the Warren, you know, the Warren Lady Warriors, unfortunately, 0 and 4 so far in district. So I'm pretty sure you're going to say O'Connor and Brennan, you know, the class of the league. Uh, but thoughts on you know who finishes three, four, that uh, and sneaks into the
1: playoffs. I, I want to sleep on Taffy I know they had a lot tough loss with O'Connor uh, I think it was with um with O'Connor I think oh with Brennan. So I want to sleep on them. I know last year murmur they it came down to the like the last two games to finally sort out who won the district title. So you know I, I still think Taff will still be in the mix with the district title, so don't sleep on them. But you know, like I said, O'Connor's been the dominant team, but so has Brennan's on that's gonna be the like I said, we're looking forward to that game. To see who takes you know control of this district, so but as far as locks as far as playoff spots, I think I think oh, it's gonna be O'Connor, Brennan, and Taft. but it's gonna depend. Like I said, we'll find out what seeding they get, and then as far as the fourth spot, I'm gonna give the edge to Stevens, but like you can say you never know. John Jay's been the coin, yeah, yeah. John Jay's been a surprise. You know, can't sleep on the, the Lady Mustangs. Um, yeah, I'm a little surprised that Harlan's a little down this year. But yeah, were- that's the
0: one that surprises me on the downside, Harlan. And then Warren, I'm surprised at how far they've dropped. I'm not saying yeah. that they're an elite level, but how far they've dropped. And like I said, it's you know it's it's still early, but four games in and and, and not having, having any uh, points, whether draw or wins, uh, points something out to me.
1: It's a tough hole to come out of, you know, and, and they're going to have to really knock, especially for them, they're going to try to contend and get into the playoffs. Not- Clarify. They're going to have to beat possibly some of the top teams like Tav and Brennan O'Connor to get into the playoffs.
0: So that covers it for the uh, the um, high school. Roy, uh, Royce, unfortunately, just got home. Um, so he mentioned he's not going to be able to make it here uh, You know, for the show here. So let's switch over to... Safc news and uh, unlike RGV, <laughs> we have news to talk about. Yeah. Well, I guess the first part here, players going out, RGV can talk about this because it is a freight train out out of the valley. Uh, but uh, I'm sure RGV is happy to see him go. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody is, uh, even San Antonio. Uh, I think uh, Jose. At least for me what you know uh, Royce was the one that, that sent me a tweet at like 3:30 in the morning and I happened to just be up at that point. Uh, and of course, you know when I saw that I was like wide awake and you know we, we get started the uh, information out saying hey Jose had been signed by uh, uh, was it um, uh for that here of the Danish Superliga uh, for that here. Rumor is uh, per FOP mob and transfer marks to be between 500 to a 550k approximately. Uh, uh, we were able to kind of see a, a YouTube uh, friendly uh, that that he had, you know, this past weekend uh, for that here. A little bit about Sander uh, Sanderjiski, is that how you say it? I think So Sanderjiski. I gotta get on Google Translate. Sorry, my Danish is not good. Uh, for that here, but, uh, he signed a four and a half year deal, uh, deal through the summer of 2026. Um, the sporting director, uh, Espen Hansen, uh, said Jose is a young player with huge potential. We've had a good eye for a long time. We've scouted him intensively for the last six months. He's impressed in USL during this period. And we're extremely happy that he has signed uh, a long agreement with us, um, Espen Hazen uh, has some clear core uh, competencies in the offensive game. Uh, great skills, offensive one-on-one situations. He's also a hard-working character, fits well under our club. Uh, we'll, you know His offensive will help us in the future and looking very much forward to getting him in the group so he can be integrating sportingly and socially among his new teammates as soon as possible. Um, I know there's another Texan. I forget the name that, that, is, that is on there for that here. Um, San Antonio FC, you know, they put out a couple of videos on here, but you know, for uh, Coach Marcina, as a staff, we're incredibly proud of Jose and his transfer to uh, uh, He's an extraordinary professional. who's committed daily to the SAFC team identity, which resulted in his career-changing opportunity. An element of club vision to prepare and support player progression, which Jose serves as a great exam- example for. Tim Holt, Uh, we are grateful for all that uh, Jose has accomplished at SAFC and delighted that he'll have the opportunity to further challenge himself at a respected uh, European First Division club. Uh, This is an important milestone for our club, and it is important to recognize the coaches, teammates, that have contributed to Jose's development uh, during his time at SAFC. Further, uh, Jose's progression through his hometown club, followed by a direct move to Europe, serves to reinforce the fact that young, aspiring talent in San Antonio can realize their dream to play at the highest levels of the sport through uh, the SAFC pro player pathway. Um, And of course, Jose came up through uh, the Pro Academy Elite Training Program, uh, played club soccer at Classic Elite, um, won four straight titles and was an All-American at Central Catholic High School here in San Antonio. So. All in all, we had been asking, hey, where's Jose going to go? You know, because the window was closing and and nobody had heard anything. Um, I'm happy that they moved him. Um, I think he was ready to take that next step. And I think for his career, he needed to take that next step more importantly. Uh, For that here, I'm glad they moved him now as opposed to the summer window that we were kind of talking about uh, previously uh, for that here. Um, So that way he gets that four and a half years. A uh, little bit about, uh, you know, the team in, in Danish. They are in a relegation battle right now. Uh, so they finished their first half of the season second from the bottom. Uh, what they do is they have 10 more matches where they'll play against the other five teams from the bottom. Uh, the bottom two go down to uh, the second division, you know, and the remaining stay up in, in the first division. Um, I know they brought in other talent to go around them. Um I don't know how familiar you are with uh, the Superliga in Denmark here. Um, how competitive of a league do you think it is? And for him, is it the right move to be able to springboard to other clubs in
1: uh, Europe? I, I think this is probably a good move for him. Um, I mean, the Danish Super uh, League, it's a good, de- what I've heard, it's a good development league. You know, and, and you can see some players like, smiling on them you know play through there and end up being line with big clubs and so forth then you know and then also they have like i said there's no possibility if, if they can get their act together you know get into possibly the europa league or, mm-hmm. or even the champions league i know uh, one of the copenhagen teams is in the i think the europa league i think they played this past year so it's a good move for him he's going to learn a lot uh, especially the training especially because like of the european style I think that's gonna fit him the most. I think this is the one league that does fit his style. Um, you know, maybe you know. I don't think it, maybe if he was stuck in like in the Italian league, I don't think that's his really his style of play. But this is a good move, and hopefully, this leads to you know he gets bumped up to some other leagues. Whether well, he comes goes to you know, you know to uh, Portugal or even uh France or or or, or Holland. You know so just taking those steps but uh we just like i said we you know sad to see him go but hey we're happy for him for this opportunity and I think he's going to make san antonio proud on this opportunity and and like i said we have already got to see him play on youtube on you know, this this past weekend and he looked he looked pretty good out there just still kind of testing the waters with that team. still an
0: adjustment it's it'll, it'll be a learning curve um you'll be able to watch his games on 11 sport uh, which is an app, um, you know, some smart TVs have it. If not, you can go to the website and to uh, put in the uh, Danish Superliga and you'll be able to see his team and, and follow the matches through there. So, um, and I don't believe there's a cost to, to see those uh, as well. So he'll still be visible. Uh, the other one before I get to it, Christian Pirano, former SAFC player was just loaned to, I want to say a, a Greek team. Seems like uh, a. It's in the second division. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but I think the move to where he moved to was a bad move. Cause he hadn't got any action in, in a little bit over a year that he was there. I'm um, as far as first, first team. So it'll be hopefully good to, to see him get some uh, movement. The other player moving out uh, is Leo Torres uh, late this afternoon. Uh, San Antonio FC loans, midfielder Leo Torres to real Monarchs, SLC. Um, what makes this move interesting is this move isn't tied to MLS at all. Uh, Real Monarchs moved to MLS Next Pro. They came out with their roster rules. The clubs in MLS Next are can sign players separately from their club. Um, you know, for that here. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how this deal worked out. Uh, if you remember, Leo Torres was with uh, Real Monarchs at the end of the season. For me personally, uh, I was wish it was a sell, um, even if it was a small amount uh, for here. So hopefully, there's a loan with you know with a condition to buy if if Leo meets certain parameters. Uh, but Leo Por- uh, Torres said, as a staff, we're happy for Leo to continue his development in a great organization while competing for consistent minutes. We wish Leo the best of luck with the uh, Monarchs this year. And then uh, when uh, RSL announced it here, um, this one kind of excited me. You know, uh, uh, Real Salt Lake Assistant General Manager Tony Beltran. Uh, Real Monarchs are excited to welcome back Leo on a loan for the entirety of the 2022 season. Having Leo with us for the latter months of the, tw- uh, of the t- 2021 Steve, our staff is well versed in his abilities as a footballer, his character, and his potential for growth. We look forward to seeing Leo's continued. Uh, progress uh, this year here. So your thoughts on Leo making a move, but not to Europe, but to MLS. Uh, and, and to at this point, MLS next pro league.
1: I, I think this is a good opportunity for him to to really get the playing time that he, he needs. And, you know, I know last year we just had a log jam as, as far as midfielders and wingers. And it, it just, you know, the only time we got to see him on the pitch was the, really, the two friendlies and a couple. There was a couple, you know, league games he did play, but I think I think the staff wanted wanted to see what he can do, and so they gave him that opportunity to play with Real, Real Monarchs, and he did well towards the end. That, and that end of the season, he got a couple goals, and I think Real Monarchs saw something in him as like, you know what, let's 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 do the full test drive and see what he does, and and I, if he if he can do well there, I I can see him getting sold to the Real Monarchs. Uh, at the end of 2022, and which will be good for him because there'll be a step closer to getting to to MLS. You know, if that's the route that he's going to take, you know? you know. And we all thought I think all of us thought maybe he was going to be the heir apparent to maybe to um, to Jose Gallegos, but I guess oh. they weren't on the plans. And uh, I, but like I say, this is a good move for him. You know, and maybe and like I said, if an MLS team's interested in you, you're not going to say no. so... So that's the path
0: you want to go to. Yeah, it's yeah. it's now to me, I find it interesting that, you know, out of the, the two young studs that we had uh, as far as the um, academy players, one went overseas, one went MLS uh, for here, which was kind of good to see, um, you know, with USL. I think that's one of the great things about USL is it gives you the opportunity to choose which direction you want to go as opposed to MLS. If you go through an MLS academy, you're kind of stuck in MLS uh, for that here. Other news, uh, a new addition, and I think this one kind of caught me off guard. Uh, you know, San Antonio FC, this was the day after they signed uh, Jordan Farr, uh, signs a goalkeeper, uh, Christian Bonilla, uh, a full Colombian international goalkeeper. Uh, not a prospect. Uh, he is 28 years old. Um, Alan Marcina said he's an accomplished goalkeeper with who is a leader with title-winning experience. His box presence, athleticism, and distribution fit our aggressive style of play. Uh, Christian is a welcome addition to our goalkeeping core. Um You know, like I said here, you might know, um, uh, you know, Columbia soccer a little bit better than I have, but it looks like he's played some very impressive minutes. I know he started for uh, the, what was it, the 2016 Olympics in Brazil Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, he was the starting goalkeeper where they did make it out of the group stage and got knocked out, you know, in the first round there. Your thoughts on Bonilla coming in, especially right off the heels of uh, signing Jordan Farr. And then uh, later on this afternoon, and we'll get to this after after you, after your quick uh, synopsis of uh, uh, Kristen. Um, there was a surprise picture in training today.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, in regards to Kristen Bonilla, I, I think the SAFC kind of realized what happened. Something we discussed was like, you know, what happened last year. You know, we're kind of playing with chicken with having just one quality goalkeeper, and I think, I think, and after the Cardoni injury right before the playoff, you know, we had to get an emergency with with our Jordan Farr, and I think this is the reason why they brought this this player, and he's got he's got experience. Uh, he's played in the top in the top level the top league in Colombia, especially with Melinarios. That's a, one of the top clubs in Colombia. Like I said, that, that club's one you know, has been in the South American Cups, you know, many years. So I think I think they wanted a good insurance policy. So just in case, if Jordan went went down, we had a quality goalkeeper that can, you know, we don't have to be scrambling. Hey, we need to get we get an emergency one in the last minute. So I think that was the move they're you know they're doing. But then then today happened, and then I saw, then we saw something. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So today we saw an interesting figure right here with the number 37, um, and, and a beard and, uh, th- there's Bonilla right there. Um, I, I noticed that and I was like, I spy number 37 and then, you know, other people kind of, uh, filled it in and then, the, you know, SAFC on their Instagram posted a, uh, picture of, uh, Matt, at least partaking in some activities um, when I put out the pre-show notes here, you know, I put goalkeeper Far and Bonilla in, Cardoni out with a question mark. Um, but then oh, first day of camp, Cardoni's in camp. Um, now he's not signed SAFC, you know, was, you know, was, uh, uh let me see if I can find the, the tweet here on it here. Um um uh, let's see where's one go? so uh, raz i see a beard in that background care to share any information and uh safc it looks like they've deleted but that you know the, they said uh yes um something along those lines and there's the picture of uh instagram instagram there uh you know via terry flippy uh from that here so I went from hey, we're we're you know we got Far and Bonilla as the, the starting goalkeepers. Uh, I, I think everybody's kind of caught off guard. I won't lie uh, yeah. with 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 Matt being 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 back at camp. It's it's a great thing because I think a lot of people rumor was is that he was still dealing with some injuries and he still maybe he's not signed. We don't know what uh, what the story or what the situation is. But it creates uh, for some uh, good water cooler talk. We'll, we'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so we got three quality goalkeepers, I usually can say. If he uh, signs. If he signs. Um, you know, and we don't know what direction, you you know, SAFC is doing. I mean, it, it, well, I think within the next week we'll find out. Um what the plan is with, 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 with with Matt, like I said, he, he's been here since the beginning, even since the Scorpions days, you know, I think he's kind of the last link of our our local player. Now that Jose and Leo Torres have gone on now to their, you know, their new respective teams. And
0: was the last of the Scorpions as well. So from the original team, he is, he
1: is the last. So we'll, we'll see how, what, what decisions are made i mean it is a long season you know when we mentioned like now we are going to be playing the US Open Cup so you know there are some nights that you do want to maybe use your backup keeper to play those games or you know or if there's if we had like especially last year when we had those long road that that long road trip you know maybe having that you know three quality goalkeepers you can kind of rotate everyone around and still and still do well so, the goalkeeper's not
0: a position you want a lot of change in, though. Um,
1: it's just a, I mean, if you're just playing the same system, you're fine. I think, I think it's more with the if can the it's just more the communication because I know, I know last year, you know, Matt's more quiet, but Mccardo was more vocal, you know, but I'm sure those the, the the Jordan's
0: vocal as well. We saw that from the playoffs,
1: yeah. So, I mean I'm sure they're used to whichever style of play cuz like I said they, you know as far as communication so I don't think I don't think we're going to miss a beat or, in regards to that so like especially some of the guys that we do like especially with Tanner coming back and a couple of the other guys I think we'll be we'll be fine but yeah this is a big head scratcher you know So
0: speaking of that so looking at the roster here goalkeeper Jordan and Bonilla. Uh, and possibly, you know, beard man, uh, you know, we'll say that. Uh, I, I still think goalkeepers, there may be further discussions if Matt's back full time on, on other movements, defenders kind of look. And the reason why I'm sharing this is camp open today. Um, now I know there's, play, you know, I know of at least one player that they haven't announced, uh, you know, for that here, but defense def- defense wise we're very thin um, you got shannon gomez who's you know more full back uh, wide back connor more full uh, full back Co- uh, carter manley can play center back uh, for that and i think that's where you know Royce pictures him to fill the, the ford rule mitchell Tanner, so you're missing probably
1: what two or three defenders A at team. least yeah, because Connor Maloney is more of a winger. He's not really, especially if we're playing that three-five. I mean, the three-four-three. Three,
0: but know. he's more of that fullback, wingback on, on the outside yeah. with him, him, and Shannon Gomez. We know are out there.
1: Yeah, and and, and you 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 need players that got to be be in that Bermudia triangle of the defense with Tainer and with Carter. They're gonna have, like I said, they're gonna have to sign at least two or three more players to build that for, cause you are going to need another starter for that triangle. And then you're going to need a backup or maybe a two or two backups. Like I said, I think Connor's really interchangeable. So I think he could play into the back three, but they're going to have to sign. Two, like, really but you two need at least to me, you need two. Four.
0: you need at least two to three center backs.
1: Yeah. And they're going to
0: need probably two. One being a starter, one being kind of that 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 I, rotating between Mitchell Carter and mystery person. So you figure it through there, and then one, you know, kind of for depth and emergency, maybe a younger guy a, a, along those lines. I'm just wondering the one, the, I
1: ahead. was going to say, I'm wondering if, and like I said, one one name that hasn't popped up is, is Kamiri. We we don't know if he's coming back or not, and if he's still a free agent it makes sense signing him and bringing him back not messing the chemistry unless he's got other offers somewhere else. And then, then they need to be to get on the horn and find, and sign those two center uh, center backs quick.
0: So this is, the, so I'm going to go to forwards here. I think our forwards outside of maybe a young guy, I think are set Patino, Dylan and Elliot. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to be your three forwards. I, I think, you know, along those lines, you know, if you're doing two at the top, that's going to be your rotation. You know, Santiago and Elliot, or Santiago and Justin, depending on the matchup, what you're looking for. Fours, I think, is there now. The spot that I think's really missing right now, and this is kind of surprising compared to last year on how they built the team. Midfield, you got Abu and PC, who are more defensive uh, midfielders. PC also does, you know, the, you know the wing back through there. Uh, Ates Dioff and David Larrera are going to be your more attacking side. When you had Leo and Jose there, you felt a whole lot better mm-hmm. now with them gone. And, and like said here, I don't understand why Leo Torres is removed from, you know, from the roster. Cause technically he's on loan, you know, for here that bothers me, but that's just a pet peeve of mine. But to me, the midfield, going into the first day of camp yes we're we're a thousand times better than RGV and you know i know the staff probably has people in just not announced along those lines but when you see other rosters out there that you, that you can kind of going into camp and know okay hey you know th- this is how it's going to shape up to be i don't like how we're going into camp um, and I know one of the players that we're bringing in is going to probably fit, you know, you know, in this midfield, you know, striker uh, range here. As far as far as for you know, for winger, uh, you know, along those lines, playing possibly the Epps role. Um, your thoughts
1: on where we're at in the
0: midfield and and what we need to bring in?
1: Well, if you look at the midfield, like I said, Mohammed Mohammed Abu's going to be your holding mid. Number right. three, PC going to be on the outside on the left and then you have Maloney outside on the right and then you I have think, I think
0: you're going to I think you know Royce and I um and I, you know think that it's going to be Shannon I think you're going to have Maloney coming off the bench probably a little bit this year. So,
1: uh, so, with that. I Shannon on the right, um uh, PC on the on the left, and on the holding mid. I think David is probably going to be your attacking mid in the center ab- ahead, ahead of Abu. And then you have your the three forwards and that and that's a key like i said if you bring i don't know if uh who do we have on the on the forwards on is that continue you have elliot collier who is he gonna gonna start as a front three with with, you know he's the
0: one that reminds me of nathan where he likes to dribble and, and along those lines you know looking at his preview from the fires where dylan i think i think the word that you use is more of a hold up yeah. Um, you know, forward here where he can get the ball, especially late in the game if you're up and you want to be able to kind of control it and hold possession. Yeah. You have that. And I think Patino is kind of that mixture between both where he's big enough that he can hold it, but he's got the athleticism. He's physical enough and quick enough. Yeah. You know, to where he can also take people off the dribble.
1: I mean, if like I said, if those are going to be your starting three forwards, you know, yeah, but I, guess, I don't
0: think you're starting three though. I think you're only starting two of these.
1: You think you start the three? Uh, I would. I would uh, unless Dylan's going to come off the bench, and then you plug in. You said you're going to have to find that role. You know, as far as you know, just, I guess we're going to kind of maybe on the next we're going to have to you know put a little little on the field. Who who do you think we are? But we may be on the starting eleven, but. I think for what you're saying that we may be getting another forward, you know that probably player probably be coming in, you know from the bench or it could be the, or to be taking store or or or, or um, Jose's spot, but I think David Lorel's is going to be that one, that spot for Nate where Nathan is at, or like where Do the- so you think
0: he, so? If you think that's where he's going to be, then you're only starting Patino, then right?
1: You're probably probably starting Patino. And Collier, and then David right behind them. It's kind of like what a, a Piranha, kind of what Pirano would, would do. I think he's going to take that role. The like you know, kind of like that you know that Ford that pretty much is everywhere. Because we did you know normally we didn't really play. We did technically play with three Fords, but it was really really two up top. We just had right. a forward homed everywhere. So, I, th- I think that's I think that's where David I think is going to end up. Unless, unless you're going to have Dylan and Patino up top and then have David behind them. And then, like I said, you have PC and Abu. And like I said, you're still going to need to fi- find a uh, an attacking mid. you know.
0: Yeah, I, I think, and, and we know there's still um, Ollie mm-hmm. I believe, is signed uh, that hasn't been announced. Um, but just to me, when, when you look at how historically uh, Marcina builds his teams, He has seven, eight, nine midfielders and where he's at four at the start of camp. And I know we lost two pivotal ones, but I think going in, they knew they were, I knew they, they had to know that they were going to lose, um, or hoping that they were going to lose. I guess I should say, uh, you know, for that here, cause I think my expectation was, is that Leo wasn't going to be back, um, for that here. I, I thought he would be sold to real monarchs loan. So that hasn't quite worked out. Uh, but I think most of us thought Jose was gonna. For if if SAFC was gonna do this right, they had to sell Jose during this window.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, for to get maximize the potential, which they did. So you know, fair play to them. Um, I know it's February first. Uh, they got a game. The twelfth. 12th. Twelfth. 12th, uh, so twelve days. You know, for that here, and we know that there are people in camp uh, that aren't aren't in the pictures, and and you are know, waiting, you know, official paperwork and along those lines here. Um, I also know that, you know, just like normally, they're probably waiting on to see the MLS cut downs and, and you know, you know, who doesn't make it with MLS teams. Um, but to me, when I was looking at the, at the roster here, uh, it kind of hit me on how thin the midfield looks, you know, losing both Leo and, and Jose uh, compared to historically here. So, um next week uh, you know when when royce is on we'll go probably go into a little bit more deeper on it uh we were going to touch base uh with the Concacaf uh for it here we'll just do kind of a quick blurb um you know for it here because we are already about an hour and a half in uh for it here <sighs> oh canada you know you, you cleaned house 2-0 uh you know through these first two sections including a uh win you know although the coach of the united states says uh, that they dominated uh, uh they were dominating uh, even though they lost 2-0 uh, to canada uh for that here but uh it's it's outside of canada you know two three and four it's anybody's ball game and then you got costa rica trying to you know knock you know knock its way in uh for that here i said mexico had a disappointing performance because they got the win in jamaica which i think you mentioned hey you would be happy with with the point but if you got the the win there but the reason why i say it's disappointing is because you drew it home uh to costa rica and i know costa rica is a good team but still drawing it home is points dropped you know if you're gonna draw you want to draw on the road um and and that's why I wish Royce was here. That, that's why I think you know for you know for the United States this match against Honduras and, and yeah, I don't know what the fuck uh, U.S. Soccer's thinking, putting it in Minnesota, you know, first of February, where it's what single digits, not even counting the wind chill.
1: I um, do first game, you know, preparing for the going up to Canada, but I don't game-
0: understand the second one though. And now I understand, you know the united states is going to be frozen you know there's a cold front moving in so you know no matter where you put it at it was probably going to be through there the only saving grace is that the pitch in minnesota is a heated pitch so the pitch wise shouldn't really be affected Hmm. however running in sub-zero temperatures with the wind chill um probably not the best
1: <laughs> Which we saw, but, we saw Friday. We saw a couple of those. And... The only saving grace that
0: I think for the United States is, is they play the worst team in CONCACAF, you know, in the Ocho, uh, in Honduras. I still think they eke out a win uh for it here. The other saving grace is Mexico has A challenging opponent with panama i know it's in mexico but if you're looking at the standings um you know 18 and 17 both the united states and mexico have in my opinion somewhat underperformed uh for here you know and i hate saying that because i think the united states expectations Probably were overestimated, just you know, because hey, we've got all these European players, but they're all young. They haven't been through this before. Uh, they're one of the youngest Concacaf teams. Mexico, I think, you know, listening to you, they're kind of going through a change in cycle, moving out some of the old veterans, you bringing in some of the new youngsters, uh, and and kind of getting that fit there. But if if Mexico can get the three points, if the United States get the three points. Then you build that four-point gap between them and and fourth. If either one of us loses or ties, let me just say the pressure for those final three matches, which uh, one of them is Mexico versus the United States down in Mexico, I wouldn't want to be one of the coaches (laughs) of either team at that
1: point. I think going into this game, like the Wednesday game, I mean, like I said, USA should take care of business with Honduras, There's just like no excuse. to the record with Honduras, but you know Honduras has always played the U.S. tough, so they're tough. So regardless of the weather, you know anything can happen. Same thing, like I said, Panama's played us tough. You know Mexico tough, and and then I'm like I said, I'm not happy with the way they're playing. I think I think you know what I saw on Sunday was just a more of a lack of effort and just. Players are just there was just too much standing around. If you know, and then also, if you know the teams are going to park the bus on you. You need to come up with a better strategy to get them out of that, you know, out of the way. And, and like I said, you got also to give it to Kaler Novice. He did make a great save on a free kick from Areda, which was going in. But Kaler, I guess that Kierler is a world class goalkeeper, and you know, for one on the people. top, right? On the top one. So he's. Like that's what he's paid the millions of dollars at PSG to make those saves, and so I I think like I said if Mexico can get the win against Panama. Like I said, that that pretty much you know gets some little bit inches closer to sealing the deal. And the, actually, the first game you know in the March is going to be with the USA and Mexico City, so you know they're going to be you know ready for for that one. But I think Tata Martino, like I said, he needs to. To step it up, he needs a new strategy as far as, and I think he needs to put some of the younger players like uh, Diego Linas, Henry Martin. I think when he made those changes in in, in Jamaica, that, that changed the dynamics of the game. Even though they were down, they, they still kind of put, flexed their muscle towards the end of the game. So hopefully he can do that. And not-
0: I have breaking news. Oh, where is it San Antonio has just announced or Kevin Bass, I guess just announced who was the communication manager with uh, Reno aces formerly Reno 1868 and Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, we'll be joining this month, the uh, San Antonio FC to lead the club's uh, PR. So we now have Preston's, uh, replacement here. Um, I'm excited to, uh, uh, I know Reno 1868 had some very creative uh, PR news uh, or pre social media posts and stuff like that. So uh, very excited uh, that uh, Preston's able to move into his role full time and that, uh, you know, we welcome Mr. Kevin Bass uh, to San Antonio as the, as the PR guy. Uh, sorry, Rafa, uh, oh, saw that sorry. came through and uh, that for us that is very important news uh, for the PR guy um, I know Preston's been uh, doing been doing double duty uh, this year for media passes and stuff it usually you know maybe guess uh, it goes through Preston or, or Kevin here uh, for that here so congratulations to Kevin uh, sorry to interrupt uh, your Mexico bill uh, but we'll let you wrap that up and then we'll do final thoughts about the transfer deadline uh, you know I'll let you you know Real Madrid, um, Barcelona. You can kind of talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I was invested in Newcastle to kind of see their experiment, and you know my YouTube feed has you know a whole bunch of Newcastle podcasters and stuff all over it now. And then a, uh, lot of- right here, so. <laughs> a lot of that here. So. Your your final thoughts on the conca uh, Concacaf for this matchup
1: here. Well, the final thought of that like I guess said Mexico needs a win. That's that's all they need to do. They need to, they need to take care of business and, and closer to to the qualifying. Like I said, with, with the top three uh, tie. Like I guess it. You know, Panama. They did tie Panama the last time. You know, Panama does need to win this game. I think it's a do or die for Panama. I think if well, they especially
0: get especially with Costa Rica, where they've got. Uh, Jamaica, which to me has been a huge disappointment, you know, for the cycle here. But if if Panama if Panama can tie or if Panama loses, um, and Costa Rica wins, wins, then that battle for that fourth slot picks up. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, for United States, their final three, they go on the road to Mexico, they go on the road to Costa Rica, and and they I forget who they play at home, uh, through, you know through there here. But and I want to say it's Panama, um, but I could be incorrect on that. But I do know they go to Mexico. I do know that they go to Costa Rica, which is the very last match. Mm-hmm. So if Costa Rica does get the win against, uh, you know, at Jamaica and Panama doesn't, that could make it for a very interesting final three for the United States. So as we talked about here, the final thoughts here, um, Any final thoughts on the transfer deadline? You know, if you don't have any, that's fine. But uh, figured I'd ask you, uh, you know, being a a Real Madrid fan.
1: I don't know how Barcelona is buying
0: all these players when they're broke.
1: Uh, I (laughs) don't
0: matter anyway. They're playing with MLS money, right? (laughs) Garbara bucks.
1: (laughs) But but there is some big news about Asuras for Real Madrid. And they they yes. are reported uh, come summer, uh, Mbappe it will be he said it's Mbappe will be signing with Real Madrid at, at a summer transfer. So we're happy. It's to already watch. done, right? He's already signed the contract. We done. It's a done deal, and we're waiting to see if we get the other the other crown jewel, which is uh Holland, and which looks like it might happen. Uh, mm. I don't have all the money, so. And Holland, I think he, I think with him playing with Benzema, and I mean, imagine the, that three-headed attack. I'm gonna
0: throw a wild card out at you, Kelsey? No, Newcastle. I don't think he'll go to Newcastle. You know why I say Newcastle? If if they stay up, yeah, they can. Number one, he's from England. Number two, they get they can pay him. And the moves that they've made the move that they made the the uh, midfielder they got the Brazilian midfielder that, that they got and I don't know names of, of players but they sweeped in and got some moves there. I'm not saying it's likely to happen, but Newcastle you know Newcastle's one of those you know it's kind of like man City you know b- you know before where they're at now. This next window, they're gonna want to make a splash. They're gonna have the money to be able to do so, and more importantly, they're gonna have the time to be able to do so instead of the thirty days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're gonna be able to put it in um, now. Whether they get the cachet to stay, and it's all dependent on if they can stay up uh, for it here. And the one one knock is they won't have you know you know European you know Champions League or anything along those lines
1: right now. And I I don't think Holland will. He's gonna go to a team that.
0: Isn't that can a, offer that, yeah. But and Ralph, if it's a money aspect, yeah. and if if he could if he could say, hey, one year, two years, if they can maybe supplement that income, that that stuff along
1: those lines, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, that, Daddy Florentino, he always he always he always gets that. <laughs> I trust in him. So I think he's gonna. I think the one thing they are gonna probably change up is the kind of some of the back line. Uh, because there are gonna some free agents are gonna be available um, as far as letting go. I know Bale's gonna be let go, I think Marcelo, and a couple. I forget who else. They're gonna have the cap, all that money to sign him. So they already kind of did the math and said so now it, it's it's possible that they they could sign both players. And imagine those three up front. I don't think there's a, a group that can stop them. Uh, and then you still have the the midfield, which. It's just it's beating Father Time with Modric and, and Cruz and Casemiro. So, like I said, right now, like I said, I think uh, you know we're happy we're getting Mbappe. And like I said, I think the 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 next piece is probably going to be Holland, and we'll see how see how that goes. And and I'm just looking forward looking forward to it. And I think also my, my final thought too. A couple of things. Um, uh, first I'm going to address as far as like uh, national signing days tomorrow. I think tomorrow. So, so, all the athletes are signing tomorrow. Uh, you know, congratulations um, on your for your next journey. Like I said, um, I know there were some comments made about, well, they may just go into the portal the next year and this and that. Uh, don't let that that ruin your 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 day. This is your day. You did all the hard work to get recruited, and you know, th- you know, things sometimes work out. Some things sometimes don't work out. You know, and that's why they created that portal. It's not just because. Well, I'm not. I'm not doing this and this and this. You know, things sometimes don't work out, but you know, it doesn't shouldn't demean like you signing with a team that you know that you committed for on your national sign day. So, so props to all the athletes out there, especially here in the San Antonio area on their signing day tomorrow. And then, um, like I said, my other uh, I, just thought, I lost my other thought, but like I said, oh, uh, oh.
0: the realignment comes
1: out the day after that. The realignment. Um, I've heard rumors that they may push it, it up a date. It could be on tomorrow. Uh, the reason why is because of the they do have to travel to the region centers on Thursday. Thir- you know, normally scheduled on Thursday, they have to travel to the region centers to do the paperwork and so forth. Uh, heard rumors that they may push it may push it up tomorrow because of that the weather. So be on the lookout. Like I said, there's a possibility we could see a realignment tomorrow. There are going to be some big changes, you know, especially here in San Antonio with some – now that we have a couple new schools, some schools are going to be dropping. Uh, like I said, we're going to have, like, Sotomoyo High School, the new school for Northside. There are more likely going to be in 6A that we're hearing. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that's going to change the dynamics come high school soccer for 2023.
0: So my final thought, number one, uh, congrats to uh, Kevin Bass. Uh, for here on the promotion, uh, thank you, Preston. Like I said here, you've, you, yeah, know, like I said here, you've been a great guy to work with, um, and much success uh, with your career as you, you know, as you move to the new position and you get to do it full time. Uh, along those lines, Royce missed you. Uh, glad you got home safely. I guess uh, traffic was uh, not fun today here in San Antonio. Uh, it's supposed to be cold uh, this upcoming weekend, um, as we learned from last year make sure you got some basics. Don't go super crazy and clean out HEB. Uh, think about your neighbors, uh, make sure you got your blankets, your emergency supplies, uh, along those lines. Uh, although, uh, our governor said, Hey, we're good to go, but you know, I never trust a politician. I don't care which side it is, uh, for the hair. Make sure you just, pr- you know, protect yourself, you know, along those lines here. So, uh, but a huge congratulations to Jose Gallegos and, you know, to Leo Leo Torres, uh, you know, you're you're paving the pathway for the kids of San Antonio, my son, and and you know many other sons and daughters. Uh, hopefully, coming up in the next year or two, if San Antonio FC uh, goes through there. Also, speaking of that, final thought here: uh, the Crocketeers annual meeting here uh, was a fun time. Biggest news came of it came from the Athenians. Uh, they announced that their schedule will not have any San Antonio FC home games. So unlike last year where you would have to pick, Hey, do I go to SAFC or do do I go to the Athenians this year? They are not going to have any home games scheduled when SAFC is at home. So going forward, you can attend, you know, SAFC just like you normally would. Um, But please let's go out and support the Athenians as well. They did also mention that they are making some improvements to the stadium and soccer central out there, you know, still building up along those lines here. So. Uh, congrats to the Athenians on doing that not, you know, I know, I think only made it out to one or two games. I know Jonathan made it out to one or two games just because the schedules did not match up very well, uh, last year, but this year that, that is not going to be an excuse that we have. So it's been a long one. Uh, usually when the high schools come on, like I said here, we try to give as much attention as we can to them. So like I said here, appreciate you hanging in if you've watched all of it or if you'd listened to all of it here. Um, I may see if we may start breaking them up, you know, uh, for, you know, as far as, uh, podcast wise here, but this one will probably go out all in one, but, uh, hope everybody has a great night, stay warm. Uh, and like said here, uh, you know, let, let's keep a lookout and, uh, keep engaging with San Antonio FC, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, along those lines, uh, because the more interactions that we have, hopefully the, 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 the more attention that they give back to us, but. Thank you, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful evening. What's life without goals?